0: Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. We're often in search of God's answers to our questions. Sometimes we're not as eager to hear God's questions that demands our answers. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland. This is The Leader's Notebook. On The Leader's Notebook in the past, we've done all kinds of things. I've enjoyed interviewing some of America's great leaders. I've taught on business and leadership and management and scripture and books of the Bible and, and lectured on issues from ethics to relationship. But this whole series, Is short, brief, hard-hitting little teachings on the questions that God asks in the Bible. You might be surprised to know there are many, many places in the Bible where God asks things. Sometimes He asks because He wants the person to answer. Last week, we talked about him saying to Elijah, when Elijah was kind of wallowing in self-pity and and a little bit of self-righteousness, thinking he was the only prophet left in Israel, and, and fear because he was afraid of Jezebel. And God says, what are you doing here? So sometimes he asks the question to make us answer. Sometimes they're rhetorical questions. Sometimes they're questions to bring some sense of, conviction upon us. As he said to Adam, what hast thou done? But sometimes they're questions supernaturally designed to draw us in to the miracle with faith. I want to teach from Ezekiel chapter 36. Of course, chapter 37 is one of the most famous passages in all of Ezekiel. It's the story of the Valley of Dry Bones. But many times, I would say people aren't aware of the passage that leads right up to it. So let's go back before the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel 37 and look at how he ends, he mean God, how he ends his sort of lecture to Ezekiel at the end of chapter 36. Verse 33, thus saith the Lord, in the day that I shall have cleansed you, Meaning Israel, the people of Israel, from all your iniquities, I will cause you to dwell in the cities, and the wastes shall be rebuilded, and the desolate land shall be tilled. Whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by, they shall say, This land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and inhabited. Then the heathen that are left around about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places, and I plant that that was desolate, and I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock. As the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feasts, so shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So that's how chapter 36 ends. God is saying, I'm going to rebuild this desolate, devastated, ruined, empty nation with its cities in smoldering ruins. I'm going to restore it. And where the men and people have been carried off in slavery, I'll fill the cities up. I'll repopulate everything. And I'm going to do it. Then chapter 37 begins the next verse. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he carried me out in the spirit and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and he caused me to pass by them roundabout and behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry so let's just pause a moment he makes this powerful declaration at the end of chapter 36. I'm going to rebuild Israel. I'm going to repopulate the cities. The fields will be planted, great harvest, and all of the heathen who dwell around you are going to say, wow, look what the God of Israel has done for Israel. Then immediately, Ezekiel is carried away in the spirit into a visionary experience that all these thousands of years later we read about. He is standing in the midst of a Of a valley, it must have been very gruesome. A valley filled with dry, parched bones, not a shred of flesh left on them, just skeletons scattered across an entire valley. Imagine it must have been, it must have been a little bit frightening. And God said to me, "Son of man, can these bones live?" Here's the fifth question, "Son of man, can these bones live?" Ezekiel tells us, and I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Can these bones live is different from every other question that we've studied so far because he is not reaching to convict or probe Ezekiel in some way. He's not trying to uh, draw Ezekiel into some kind of confession. He's uh, He's not rebuking Ezekiel in any way. What is he doing? He's summoning Ezekiel in to a moment of supernatural grace and faith. Can these bones live? It's obvious that he is connecting that vision of the valley of dry bones to what he has just said he's going to do in Israel. He says, Israel is like a valley of dry bones, burned down cities. Nobody lives there. The fields have gone fallow. It's, it's a complete wreck. It's a disaster. And then he says, let me show you this vision. Can these bones live? So it's obvious that he is seeking to know if Ezekiel believes in his resurrection power to raise up these depopulated, burned down, devastated cities and farms. And so he shows him this valley of dry bones. It's an obvious corollary. This is what Israel looks like. There's no flesh. There's no life. There's no breath. It's just used up, devastated, dead bones. And he says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? Now, Ezekiel's answer is interesting. He says, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. I guess we could say that to any question God asks us. Thou knowest. You know, certainly he does know. Ezekiel is not arguing with God. I don't consider that to be a, a faithless answer. He's just saying, Lord, I depend on your knowledge of this situation. I depend on your analysis You know more than I know. How could I possibly supply an answer? And then God does supply the answer. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And the bones reassemble, and the bones click together. That must have been an astonishing noise is the rattle of a valley full of bones reassembling the scattered parts of skeletal remains reconnecting. And then the magnificent moment is sinew and the muscle comes back on and then they're covered in flesh. And then he says, prophesy to the, to the winds. And Ezekiel prophesies again and the Holy Spirit comes, the wind of God, the breath of God, Ruach Kodesh. And those dead bodies suddenly receive the breath of God And they become a mighty army. What a magnificent revelation God is giving to Ezekiel. And in the midst of it, this simple question, can I do this? Our answer has to be, of course, yes, we say, God, we know you can. We know you can. But we can come right in under God's power and grace and say, Lord, we trust your answer. You know. You know the answer. Can they live? You know. God, we believe you what you know you can do. And what you can do and will do, we know that you know. Now listen, what does all this mean to you right where you are? I don't know what kind of devastation you're going through or facing. I don't know what kind of hardship or loss or grief. I, I don't know that a business that's gone under or that relationship that just looks like it's finished. God is asking you a question right now. Do you believe in my resurrection power? Can I raise to life that in which no one else sees any hope of life? Am I the God who's powerful enough to repopulate a devastated country? Am I a God who is, who is powerful enough to reassemble the scattered bones of a countless host of skeletons and turn them into a living, breathing army? Am I that God? Rise up from where you are, my friend. And you lift your hands up to say to God, God, you know. You can do it. You are powerful. I trust in your word. I believe you. I trust in your resurrection power. God is asking you right now, perhaps, can these bones live? Can this relationship be healed? Can this business be saved? Can I do something so remarkable in your presence that the heathen around about you will say, Look what God has done. Your answer is, Lord, I know that you know, and I know you can do it, and I believe you. I believe you. These bones can live. The answer of faith. Lord, we thank you. We praise you that no matter what we're facing, no matter how we see ourselves alone in the valley of dry bones, you are still the Lord God Almighty. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Lord, can these bones live? Lord, you know everything. You know they can, and we believe they can. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it for today, my friend, and thank you for joining me here. I'm Mark Rutland, and this has been The Leader's Notebook. You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at DrMarkRutland or visit his website, DrMarkRutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.